Could you say welcome to episode eight of the Upper Class Podcast? Yes. <clears throat> welcome to episode eight of the Upper Class Podcast. I'm your host, Bryant, and this is episode eight of the Upper Class Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us today and listen in. I hope that you're encouraged by this. We're praying for you, and uh, we just want to make sure that everyone can stay connected and challenged through this time. So after you listen to this podcast, you better make sure that you call up a friend and talk about the questions at the end. That way, we can all stay challenged and growing and connected through this season of physical separation. First of all, I want to introduce our co-host. I'm joined here with Kyler. Kyler, why don't you say something about yourself? Hello, I'm Kyler. I've been going to Calvary Mac my whole life, and I love doing these podcasts during this time. Great. It gives you something to do, right? Yeah, it does. I definitely look forward to it. I'm also joined here with Lila. Lila, you've been on the show before, but why don't you introduce yourself? Hi there. My name's Lila, and this is my second time on the podcast. I'm glad to be here. Super. <laughs> and you just heard the voice of Wes. Wes, this is your first time on the show. How about you introduce yourself for those who somehow don't know you? Yes, it's true. My name is Wes Root, and I am one of the youth pastors at Calvary Mac. I've been the youth pastor there for, shoot, it's been like almost seven years, something like that. That's a good run. Seven years. I like long walks on the beach. Okay. And surprise visits from my children. Perfect. While you're walking on the beach? Yes. Yeah, that'd be like your favorite day in the world, wouldn't it? That's right. <laughs> well thanks for joining us today wes uh i'm mm -hmm. super excited about today's show and i hope that you are too just so everyone is aware we're meeting over zoom as we have been for a little while now but zoom brings with it some challenges and so if you hear audio glitches or things just kind of jumping around messing up please uh give us some some slack we're doing our best here but uh we can't wait until we'll be able to be back in the studio uh recording together that way the audio can be nice and clean anyway you may be wondering why a youth group has a podcast in the first place if you haven't put two and two together yet coronavirus kind of caused us all to shut down in-person ministry so we've been doing everything we can to keep people connected through this season and we landed on the idea of starting a podcast, and that's what we've been doing for the last eight weeks. We're on episode eight now, so it's eight weeks of podcasting uh, in place of regular youth group. And so here's how we're seeing it. Youth group isn't canceled. It's just different. What we want you to do is listen to this podcast and then talk about it with other people around your age and uh, talk about the questions at the end. You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. We always want to remember with every episode of the podcast that God is using this season to teach his people something. And he's teaching them that home is your first church. Your relationship with God doesn't end when you go home from church on Sunday morning or when you leave youth group. 
that's just a supplement for something that should transcend into all different parts of your life. It should be so real. And I really believe God's been doing a great job as good as, you know, God is <laughs> at uh, teaching people that. And so I, I hope that everyone will walk away from this season of life and remember that home is your first church. Yeah. And it always was. And, you know, it's, it's a bummer that it takes a pandemic for us to re realize that, but just a little, you know, off the top statistic, like students spend, you know, roughly two, three hours a week at youth group, depending on how many times they meet at youth group and, you know, how long youth group is, but how much time do they spend at home, like hours and hours a day at home. And so the influence at home is, of course, going to be greater than the influence at youth group. So church definitely, and the home is definitely your first church. And if parents aren't thinking along those lines, man, I, I sure hope that they're arriving there. And this coronavirus, I think, has really helped a lot of people, hopefully, realize that. Yeah. And then not to mention, like, the habits that you make now will affect you for your entire life. Thinking about our juniors and seniors that are getting ready to live on their own, if you guys are just used to showing up at church or youth group and that's your only Jesus time for your whole week, then uh, it's going to be really hard for you when you graduate. And it's all up to you whether or not you go to church, whether or not you're involved, you know. And so that's why we want to equip you guys to own your faith. That's the season that we're in right now in the upper class ministry is uh, helping you guys to really take charge and take control of your own faith life. That way, when you graduate high school, um, I can call you when you're 25 even and hear that you're still in love with Jesus and you're still involved with the church. Time for an update now on the upper class ministry shutdown. So like I said, eight weeks ago, we got shut down. And now we've been doing the podcast. Just so you guys know, this podcast is recorded a week in advance and things change every single day. So we really have no idea what the world is going to look like by the time people listen to this. But we can still kind of do our best to predict it. And I feel like things are going to start opening up over the next couple months. I, I keep hearing rumors of shutdowns going on until July. I know that the state of emergency was extended until July. That doesn't mean that the shutdowns were. That's a budgeting issue. Um, and actually, I've been reading some articles about how Kate Brown is starting to open up uh, some of the state parks again. And so that's a pretty big thing to keep in mind as, as things start moving toward opening back up. Um, and so, you know, wh whatever ends up actually happening, whatever news comes out in the week between this podcast being aired and then the next one, um, just be watching social media, be watching everything. That way you can keep updated on the upper class shutdown. But I'll say right now, it looks like things are starting to ease up a little bit and we might be able to, uh, be on track for a big, you know, end of summer fall kickoff, which we're really looking forward to that co-hosts. I wanted to ask you guys, how are you doing with the shutdown and what have you guys been up to? My kids are driving me bonkers. <laughs> no, I love my kids. I have three kids and, you know, I've kind of carved out my own little nook at my house at the top of the stairs. And so anytime I'm doing work and stuff, I'm just hanging out there and they run by, like I'll be on a Zoom call or something like that. And my kids will, 
you'll see him run by behind me. And so what I do a lot of times is put a virtual backdrop up and, and they can walk by and not be seen because the, the camera doesn't register them as well. But And I like to do goofy backdrops. Like I have one of uh, the Tiger King. <laughs> I, I saw that earlier today. You had a Simpsons couch. And just now, actually, you've got like a stuffed full bookshelf. And honestly, right. I thought that was a real bookshelf <laughs> until you brought it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, dude. Uh, but things have been good. You know, I, I f- in, you know, in life circumstances, you know, things have happened in my life just since the coronavirus. And I've been dealing with uh, my mom's been sick and now my sister got sick too and some big stuff. And so I'm going to have to actually probably be spending more time at home working from home even after the shutdown is over and stuff. So it's good for me to see that, hey, it's possible for me to do a lot of my work from home. And and when I'm not home, um, it'll be maybe a tad more challenging. But the corona, in that sense, the coronavirus in this pandemic has been enlightening for me. Yeah, that's so good. I think that as full of despair as we can all be about everything going on and as, as bad as life can can get, we can always... Uh, seek the joy and find the things to be thankful for and hopeful for and so I think that's a really positive outlook Wes that you just shared with us all and uh, for those of you who can't find the joy and you're having a a hard time right now please reach out we want to be there to support you you can direct message the upper class Instagram that's Calvary Mac underscore upper class and we love to connect you with someone who can help you through this hard time of isolation Kyler, how have you been doing and what have you been up to? I've been doing pretty good during this time. Um, The last week was actually pretty busy for me because I went over to Medford to help my friends move from one house to a house that was like a couple blocks away. Um, And then once I got home from that, I took graduation pictures. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's fun. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I got those official pictures now, but no diploma yet. No diploma yet. Are are you going to actually get to do some sort of a drive up ceremony or anything like that? Or is it just going to be all over the mail and over the internet? Uh, so there is going to be a ceremony June 5th and we're going to go to like three different parking lots, depending on what elementary school we went to. We're going to watch a video. That's kind of like the ceremony thing. And then we're going to have a parade of graduates where we go to our old elementary schools, but I didn't go to McMinnville. So I don't know. I haven't decided if I'm going to be in the parade yet. That's cool, Kyler, that, you know, there's still some special things going on for you graduating seniors. I'm glad to hear that there's at least a little bit. Yeah, they're trying to give us stuff and follow the rules of the quarantine. Lila, how have you been doing and what have you been doing? I've been doing pretty good, actually. Um, Lately, I've just mainly focusing on schoolwork and having a lot of Bible time. I definitely think that having something like the Bible app has really helped. Man, on the note of the YouVersion Bible studies and the YouVersion app, dude, I can't talk enough about that app. That app, YouVersion is rad. And they continue to make it better and better. Follow them on Instagram, Facebook, because they have some rad posts too. They're legit. I, I mean, it's crazy how much content is in that app. Like it's endless 
endless content of different Bible studies and it's even sort of becoming like a social platform too, the way that you can interact with your friends on it. It's pretty cool. It is social. You do have friends and you can like, but it's not as like, I feel like the social aspect of the version, the social part isn't as toxic as others. Like when I, you can't just browse through your feed and see like everybody's wonderful Instagram poses and stuff and you know, or whatever. Uh, and I feel like they really put a lot of thought into everything that they do on that app. Anyways, I love that app. They're not paying us to promote them. Just so you know. Yeah, we don't have any sponsors. We're just we're just sponsored <laughs> by Calvary Mac, and that's it. <laughs> we genuinely like them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, guys, uh, I'm glad to hear that you're all finding ways to keep going through this, and and I really, really feel like it's gonna be coming slowly back to normal. Let's go on and get into our first topic. So I found this article on uh, christianpost.com and uh, apparently this is something that's actually going on in most states. Kind of surprising is that churches are suing the state governments over the ban on in-person services. This one that I found is, uh, like I said, on christianpost.com and, and they're talking about some churches in Kentucky that are, uh, uh, several churches are suing uh, the governor Andy Bashir and top health officials over the orders that prohibit in-person services. What they're doing is they're saying that it violates the First Amendment and that which is the right to religious free freedom and the right to assemble, uh, which honestly, when you put it that way, that kind of makes sense. You know, we have the right to assemble, but they're they're telling us no. And the point that they're making is that they are specifically attacking uh, churches of various different religions because they're still letting people go to the grocery store or go to Lowe's or go to these other places in even bigger numbers than what would gather at most churches. And they're not trusting pastors or even church members to be responsible and safe and take every measure to keep people protected. And so a lot of these churches feel like we're ready. We want to open back up. We're going to be very careful. We're going to, everyone's going to wear masks. We're going to be separate from each other. But uh, the state governments are still saying, no, churches cannot gather together. And that's why some of these churches are beginning to sue the governors. What are your guys' thoughts after hearing all of that? It's pretty crazy when you think about it. You're right. I think there's like a 200 person limit at the grocery stores. And they actually have, I know a couple of students who have come to our youth group and go on, gone on the bike trip. They work at Albertsons. And um, one of them, I went in, went into the store the other day and he was had a clicker for people coming and clicker for people going. And that's on one side of the store. They have the other entrance with another person with a clicker for coming and going. And like, they have to do the math of how, roughly how many people are in the store. And it is just crazy that the grocery store, that's essential. I get that. And some people, that, and, and we use a lot of analogies in church and in youth group about how we need our spiritual food too. And things like this podcast and like Zoom and social, we can, you know, provide that spiritual food roughly, you know, and, and try to train people to feed themselves spiritually, you know, so it's not as essential, but it is 
crazy. Here we are in America. We have all this freedom and we've enjoyed it so much. This is a, a major wake up call about what happens when the government starts, you know, harshing our freedom mellow in a sense. And like they're reaching out and they're, they're not taking away our freedom, but they're just, they're putting their finger on it a little bit and they're applying a little bit of pressure. And that should be, that should be alarming, I think for us Americans. I think I think you brought a good perspective there on. I think the biggest thing for me that that makes me not just say that these churches are stupid for suing is the fact that like like you brought up West, there's still 200 people gathered in a grocery store and if yeah. a store can take measures to keep 200 people safe, why couldn't a church take measures to keep 70 people safe inside? Exactly. And even before the the shutdown happened, we were separating people six feet apart. We had group clusters of chairs for families that they could sit six feet apart from other families and not get sick, hopefully, you know. So we can be just as responsible at a church, I believe, as the grocery stores can be too. And if we want people to walk through the aisles one direction, we can mandate that as well. Little hall monitors, little aisle monitors at our church. <laughs> I think instead of just like completely banning church still, like making us stay home, I think they could have worked with the churches to find some kind of compromise, like some regulations, like depending on how big the room is, you can only have this many people enter because you can work around that as a church to make services that would accommodate for that. But just flat out saying no, it does seem like this is in, it's a okay response. I'm not completely against it, but at the same time, it's also an opportunity for churches to step back and just like be able to address different issues. Like when people can't join, a church needs an answer for that so that they can still be at least like a part of the church, even if they can't physically be in the building. I think that you're right, Kyler. This whole season has kind of been an opportunity to show how innovative God's people are and all the solutions that we've come up with. And then at the same time, like what you also said, we're getting tired of it and we want, we, it's a part of our faith. I mean, I brought up a quote by, I think it was uh, Bonhoeffer a few weeks back about how like, a Christian who someone who calls himself a Christian and then doesn't gather in the assembly is living a lie basically. And that was actually brought up in this article here. Um, the pastor of one of these churches that suing said, you know, it's the drive in churches, the digital format that we're using. It's great that we've had the opportunity to do that, but it's not sustainable. Part of our faith is that we gather together physically together to worship God. And uh, we feel like our religious freedom is being stepped on. Um, you know, obviously there's wisdom in keeping people safe from disease, especially older people. There's wisdom in that we can start to open things up slowly with smaller numbers and, and encourage uh, our at-risk members to stay home for a while until things are even safer. I think that it definitely could work. Like we could have people six feet apart and for those who are feeling maybe that they could be at risk or they could be putting other people at risk, I think 
that they could definitely stay home, especially if they have people in their family who are at risk. And to have people going to the stores, I mean, I know that stores are going to be essential, but at this point, they're kind of considering churches to be non-essential. I think you brought up a really great point, Lila, is that the government sees grocery stores as essential, but they don't see churches as essential. But us as Jesus followers know that it is essential for our faith. And uh, so maybe it's time for God's people to sort of start applying some pressure. Uh, who knows? These churches are very obviously doing that by suing the governor of their state. Um, and so it'll be really interesting to see how all this plays out and pans out for the church in America. Enough about this heavy coronavirus talk, though. I would love for us to share some good news and Actually, guys, there's so much uplifting news out there that all three of our co-hosts today found different stories to share. So first off, I want to start with Kyler. Why don't you go ahead and share what you found for us? So I found an article um, from K2 News, and it was the in Oregon, all across the state, they're going to have flyovers over the hospitals to just recognize all the medical workers and first responders and all the people who have been working so hard during this season. That's cool. Have you guys ever uh, seen a flyover before? I haven't. Like at, uh, I think they do them at the Super Bowl. I know they do them at like NASCAR races. They... Like the Blue Angels or something, John? <laughs> crazy. Those such powerful machines just, you know, flying over. It's <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah, I know the... Uh... Last year they had the um, that um, air show here in McMinnville. Uh, they usually have it in Hillsboro, but they had it in Mac, and they had the Canadian version of the Blue Angels. I forget what they're called, but their planes weren't blue; they're red. And we were at a friend's house, kind of up on the hill, and you could see these planes going. That's some cool stuff. That'll make you feel real good. Yeah, sweet. Well, that's awesome, Kyler. Maybe the Canadian Red Angels will fly over for them, too. <laughs> I, yeah, that's cool. Thanks for bringing that, Kyler. Uh, Lila, you got something for us, too, right? So there's this guy at a retirement home, and he's turned 100. And so to celebrate him um, for, like, an hour, they're allowing anyone to drive by who wants to wish him happy birthday. You guys have anyone that you know that's lived that long? 100. I don't think I know anyone. My grandma's like 94. Oh, so she's got a few more years. She's she's getting close. She's a runner up. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. I, but I don't think I know anybody personally that is 100 years old. That's that's a, a let's how do you put that nicely? That is a mature life. Yeah, they they're very mature. Yeah. <laughs> they're old. <laughs> no. <laughs> Think about what the world was like 100 years ago. It's just crazy to think of all the differences. They were still riding carriages with horses and stuff, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, wagons. Kyler, do you know anyone who's broke 100? My friend's grandma, when I was in grade school, she was like 113 or 114 when I was in grade school. I think it's my friend's great-grandma. Crazy. So I never met her. Yeah, very experienced. Yeah, experienced. <laughs> Needless to say, she was a pro at living, okay? <laughs> I mean, I wonder, like, 
how many like heartbeats because you know how they like they can like calculate like your heart only has so many beats in it like I, she's probably used up almost all of them or i i don't she probably has yeah, we we don't need to go there <laughs> let's yeah <laughs> and wes i hear that you also have some uplifting news for us yeah you know i actually found this news article on a couple of different websites but i'm reading this off kptv.com which is channel 12 and that's my preferred local tv channel so i wouldn't win there amid a global shortage of ventilators a team from oregon health and science university has come up with a low cost version produced with 3d printing technology and the university announced on friday and quote the goal is to to provide it for free to whoever needs it, as Albert Chi, an OHSU trauma surgeon who previously pioneered 3D printing prosthetics for children and is leading the efforts. OHSU, they've devised a ventilator that doesn't use any power and can be printed with a 3D printer and it's free. And we all know, dude, one of the things of this coronavirus, it affects your respiratory system, your breathing, essentially. very, And so... Like respirators are in short supply. And so to be able to provide something that can be, that's essentially free and easily accessible, that's like probably, I'm serious, an answer to prayer for a lot of yeah. people. I That's so awesome that they like made the plans to 3D print it. So they could literally be like, hey, could you email me some respirators? And then just bam. <laughs> and there they are. <laughs> That is, that's legit good news there, man. Hey, I did my respirators. Uh, oh, did you check your junk mail? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get my respirators. Check your spam, bro. You spam, okay? Yeah, I mean, we need more stuff like that. I mean, I love it when people just step up and are, you know, innovative like that. Pretty amazing that they did it for free, though, because that's something that they could make a profit off of, but they choose yeah. to help people instead. Yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. Well, that's some uplifting news. I hope that anyone who's feeling down today that heard that uh, got to smile at least once listening to uh, all the all the uh, fun, good stuff that's going on in our world. But now it is time we get into the message. And uh, today's message, I just titled it Worship Revisited. Um, we've already gone through the spiritual disciplines, but uh, earlier this week I was just kind of sitting there and this all came to me, and I felt like it was something that I should share on the podcast with everyone, just about what it's like to live a life of worship. I know that when we talked about worship, we mostly focused on the corporate side of worship when you gather at church uh, or right now in the in your living room. And we all worship God together uh, to you know honor Him as a body. But this, I really wanted to talk about having a lifestyle of worship where worship comes from your heart, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing. Have any of you guys heard of brother Lawrence? Ah, uh, yeah, I've heard of him, but that's it. So <laughs> he was a, he was a Jesus follower. He was a monk from a long time ago. He lived out a life of worship, a heart of worship. Uh, I read this book that I, I'm, I think he was French and so the book is in French, translated to English, but I read it recently, and I was just blown away because there's a moment in the book 
when he walked outside and he looked up at a tree and then he started worshiping God at the side of the tree. He looked, he saw the intricate branches. He saw the moss. He realized that the birds make their homes in that tree. He realized just how beautiful it was and that God created it. And he saw God in that tree. He saw God in creation. And just from that moment of walking out of his house on a random day in a random moment, he experienced the glory of God and he began to worship God on his knees at the side of the tree. And uh, I, I felt like that's a perfect picture of what it looks like to to live in amazement, to live amazed by God. And uh, one main point I hope that you guys remember from this discussion is that amazement of what God is is doing and has done leads to a lifestyle of worship where we can mm. we can take any any little moment anything that we see and realize how good God is through that thing we see in scripture that everything is proclaiming God and his goodness and the trees are clapping their hands and growing to him the animals call out and praise to him and uh and we can look at those things and just be amazed by God. Hmm. So back to the thought of him, you know, he was so enamored by God's glory and so hungry for Shekinah. I talked about that, that word a couple of weeks ago that he's so hungry for the presence of the glory of God that he could look up at a tree and just begin to fall into deep worship for him. Most of us will pass by a tree and we may notice it. We may think, oh, look at that tree. Or uh, more often than not, we'll just uh, keep walking, never even thinking twice about the many trees that we encounter every day. But when Brother Lawrence looked at a tree, he did it in amazement. He couldn't help but notice all the intricacies, the tiny branches, different textures and life that's within that tree. And it's through the beauty of creation that he noticed God's. He noticed God's handiwork and he couldn't help but praise God for the beauty of what God has created. He's enamored by Shekinah, God's glory, and he lives a lifestyle of worship. I think that is something that's just really encouraging and inspiring for me, is I also want to live with worship in my heart at all times, triggered, moments of deep worship triggered, by me just suddenly realizing how good God is and how beautiful his creation is. In all reality, we can see God's glory in every created thing. And when we're led by the Spirit and our hearts are guided like that, we see the glory of God in every good thing. And it leads us to worship and it leads us to celebrate him and how good he is. Do you guys want that kind of life? Do you want that constant connection an awareness of God, I think it starts, if you want that, it starts with devoting yourself to knowing God, seeking Him. The Bible says, love what is good. And when we're completely led by the Spirit, we can see God in all that is good. And everything that is good, from the amazing blessings when He takes care of us, whether that be financially, food, whatever it is, when He takes care of us, all the way down to seeing a plant and noticing how much care 
went into creating that intricate, beautiful thing. All creation is calling his name. Every plant and tree grows and reaches to him. Scripture says, like I said earlier, they clap their hands and worship to him. And I already said this. I want to say it again. Every bird and creature shouts out praise to him, telling us all who is their creator. Every mountain that we see and all of its massiveness and beauty is a foggy reflection of the beauty of God. Here's my challenge to everyone. Seek Jesus to be empowered by the Spirit, to know and love God, and you too can be enamored by God's beauty in all that you begin to see in everything. And it causes you to rejoice. You, you get filled with joy and amazement and worship. And I think that defines a lifestyle of worship. When you do everything, so you do everything, and you notice everything and worship to God and to his greatness, wisdom, beauty, perfection, power, craftsmanship. Brother Lawrence walked out of his house and noticed a tree and began to worship God. I want that life of worship. Amazement breeds a life of worship. I think that's pretty amazing just how someone can just walk outside and think of like how much God has done for them and how even something as simple as looking at a tree and thinking God created that and worshiping him for that is amazing. And I know some people might who maybe aren't familiar with Christianity might think, oh, worship is just a time where people um, listen or sing to Christian music. That's not all it is. Like, we can just worship God and thank Him for what He has created. And it's more than that. If you know Jesus, you know that worship is an amazing time to connect with Him and really get to know Him and feel His presence. I feel like this is an amazing way to live your life because I've had very few moments like this, but I've had moments like this where I see something, I'm just like, this is amazing. This just shows God, like you can see God in it. And it would be something different to live your whole life with that amazement, just seeing God in everything. And it would really help you just know God's there when he's just always around you, just when you look at anything. Yeah. Yeah. I think that goes back to sort of what I've really been trying to drive home for everyone and when it comes to owning your faith is have a hunger for God that comes from your heart, a real hunger for God. And obviously, Brother Lawrence is a great example of someone who had such an extreme hunger for God. He was always aware of God's presence because a hunger for God leads to an awareness of him and his presence. And then we can be so easily brought into a, a place, a lifestyle of worshiping God. I was reading Matthew before this and uh, a verse that sticks out to me from that, that kind of just goes along with what you're saying is like blessed who is righteous because they'll be filled up and blessed who is hungers for righteousness because they'll be filled up. It was something like that. And it's like when you're hungry for the Holy Spirit, he's not going to be like, oh, I won't give this to you. You got to wait. He'll give it to you when you hunger for it. Yeah. And uh, also in scripture, Jesus said, uh, who as a father, when their son asks them for a fish, would give them a rock. God, when we ask him 
for his spirit and for more of his spirit. He's going to give us his spirit. He's not going to give us something bad. And I, I think that that's great that you brought that up, Kyler. Word, bro. Um, yeah, I, uh, I've had a couple of those moments, you know. Um, specifically, even just the other day, I think it was yesterday or the day before I was running around the house, got kids going, going nuts everywhere. And I was in the room that will be my mom's room. My mom is moving into my house and I was in there real quick for something. And I looked out the window, it's the second story and it faces like the direction that the setting sun is. And I looked out the window and like, the sunset was incredible. The colors were just crazy because it was one of those days where a storm front was moving in. So there was a lot of gray directly overhead, but looking towards the West because of the gray and then the setting sun of like yellow and orange, you had like this crazy, like blue purple band too. And I was just like, that is amazing. Wow. And I was telling my kids, hey, you guys got to go look at the sunset. It is nuts, like like crazier than normal. And the kids were all running out, oh, my gosh, you know. And it was just, it was, and God's responsible for that. You know, and, and there's, a, there's a definitely an application, too, because we're talking about these uplifting stories, which would be like the yellow and the orange, like the beauty but then you have the added hues of the purple and the blue because of like the darker storm clouds that were directly over. And because of that, you have like this full spectrum of, of colors with the good and the bad to it. And there's some real application there coming from like during this time of coronavirus of how maybe things aren't so good. Maybe things are kind of bad, but is God using even the bad things and even the, the, pain, the pain in our life, is God using that to make, a, make beauty and make us more beautiful? Yeah, that's such a great example because you can look at the bad stuff and see the gray clouds, or you can look and pay attention to what God's doing and when the sun lights up a gray, dark cloud, it becomes a beautiful shade of pink. And it's the same thing in our life is God can light up a dark, hard time. And then even when we're not feeling great, we can step outside and or just in whatever situation that we're in and see that God is using all things for his good. God's lighting up the dark clouds in our lives and making beautiful art with it. I think that's really awesome that you brought that up, Wes. Word. Yeah. And then I, I was also thinking, like, uh, it. we did kind of bring this up. It goes back to how you look at your life and how you see things. Um, for one, you can look at a mountain and, and imagine a mountain with like a cliff face and trees and a beautiful waterfall and it's green and it's massive. Anyone, Christian, non-Christian, can look at that and realize it's beautiful. But without God, what is it? It's, it's, it is what it is. It's a big, giant, beautiful mountain. 
But when I'll tell you, it wouldn't be there. Yeah. Well, and that's what I'm saying is it, <laughs> with God, we can look at that and realize it's just a mere reflection of how beautiful he is hmm. and how big and powerful he is. And so as, as Christians, we see things and we're just so much more blown away by the beauty and the grandeur because we realize that it's, that's just calling out and praising God. That's not even doesn't touch him, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what, uh, that's the sort of enlightenment you can get from a lifestyle of worship, a lifestyle of just being hungry for God, asking for more of him and being sensitive to him and his spirit and the things that are revealing who he is that you can see. You can look at the sunset and realize that the dark clouds are being lit up and turning pink and purple and red and yellow. And, you know, just seek God in your hard situations. When you're in a storm of life, if you seek God, then then it'll turn into beauty. Hmm. And all of these amazing things, the sunset and the waterfalls and the mountains, they all come from a God who isn't just focused on that, just the big picture of that he's focused on you. He loves you as an individual. So it's not just like a faraway God that created everything. It's a God that loves you and knows you. Yeah. And that just makes it so amazing because we can feel so small when we do see those beautiful things and to realize that, yeah, that's God's craftsmanship, but so are you. And he loves you even more than he loves, you know, says, says God will take care of the birds how much more will he take care of you? You know, God loves you so much. And, and uh, I hope that you were inspired and encouraged by our uh, talk about living a lifestyle of worship. If you want that, just seek God with the hunger and uh, ask for his spirit. Ask to be made aware of the things that are calling out his glory in your life. Lila, Dude, I want to second that, man. Like, like if you don't know where to start with God. If you have been hearing all about God, you're in desperate, we're in desperate times. Maybe you're freaked out right now and you wound up listening to this podcast uh, and you don't know what to do. Uh, just, just do what you know to do. You could be like, you can even verbally be like, okay, God, uh, I've been hearing all about you and your beauty and my world is collapsing right now. Where are you, God? And you could verbally say like, God, I want to know you, but I don't know where to start. If you verbally say that and you genuinely reach out in your heart to God like that, He's not going to turn you down. He's not going to leave you hanging. And if you're listening to this right now and you want to know God, drop Bryant or me, Wes, or anyone that you know a line. Okay, drop us a line. Reach out. Reach out to us. And God is reaching out to you right now. That's good. Thank you, Wes. I wanted to uh, kind of move on now because we're starting to run a little bit long. Um, just so everyone is aware, next week our podcast is going to be a little different. I'm asking for questions from you listening about owning your faith. Maybe you're you're having a hard time understanding that. 
you know, you can ask any question you want, but uh, we're really looking for questions about owning your faith. I'll make a post on the Instagram today, and then uh, you can go ahead and respond to those, respond to that post with your questions, and then we'll talk about those. That'll take the place of our message next week. But we're really glad that you guys decided to join us. Thank you for listening. We hope that you were inspired and encouraged. We hope that God is speaking to you through this podcast. And before we go, it's time for some final thoughts. Lila, why don't you go first? While we were talking about um, how God uses bad things um, for good, it reminded me of this verse that I actually was able to look up. And it's, I think it's Genesis fifty twenty, And it talks about how, um, it basically says you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. And so sometimes we might feel like all we can focus on is the bad that's going on in our lives. And in the moment, it can be hard to see the good. It can be hard to see God's work through that. Thank you, Lila. Let's hear some final thoughts from Kyler. During this time, uh, a lot more people are going on walks and just doing things that aren't like go to school or go to work because you either work from home or you have to, I mean, you can't go to school right now. So it's a good chance to just go outside and either listen and just experience God like all around you in nature or just in things that you see. But it's also a good time to like talk to God and try to hear from him more. So I, I don't know, you can just go outside, look at nature, read the Bible and learn who God is through just what you can see and what you read and what you hear, what he puts on your heart. That's beautiful. Thank you, Kyler. Wes, final thoughts? Yeah, you know, uh, I've been thinking uh, about the story of Job and in, uh, in Job, it's the guy who lost everything, you know, in Job 1, 21, Job chapter 1, verse 21, he says, naked I came out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return. This is after he lost everything. The guy had lost his family, all his kids and everything. And he said, uh, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And maybe all you can see is, is the pain. Um, but God's making a beautiful thing out of you, man. That's what it's all about. Thank you, Wes. That was really great. Thank you guys for uh, tuning in and listening. We're really glad that uh, God's been able to use this podcast uh, through this season. And remember to follow us on Instagram, uh, CalvaryMac underscore upper class to stay updated on everything that's going on. And we will see you next week. And everyone's good. Bye. Peace. Bye. Perfect. Good job, guys. That was a great one. Thank you so much uh, for joining and recording. Bye. You keep unmuting like you're going to say something and then you don't. (laughs) Well, I don't know if I'm supposed to say anything.